Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It has been a crazy week in this market trade. If we rewind, remember we had a WASDE report and the livestock had some reaction to those numbers. But as one producer said, seatbelt from one day to the next, what this market was going to do. And that's kind of what we're going to look at where we're sitting in this livestock trade today. And the weather is going to play a huge factor in what we see. And Kyle Bumstead joins us. He is with Allendale. So let's start out bumpy ride. Let's look at the markets this week. What has been your thought on the livestock trade? Well, first of all, you had a lot of a lot of mechanical things happen here this last week here in the live cattle complex, Susan. You had uh, option expiration a week ago today, and first notice day was on Monday as far as these fed cattle. And, you know, cash, uh, you know, should rightfully so be working higher uh, right now. And uh, the board just wasn't showing it uh, earlier on in the week. And now it's, uh, you know, after we chased everybody out that was long February live cattle yesterday, it seems like with the delivery dates that were moving up as fast as they were, the number of cattle that were getting delivered. I mean, we had huge deliveries here so far the month of February. And uh, now there's a possible threat with the way things move today. There's a possible threat of deliveries again coming around today. So uh, just a crazy, crazy move here. You had uh, April live cattle, they closed in the new life of contract highs. And I mean, that's not bearish. You've got some, you've got some good looking chart structure out here. This cattle complex, as I've said before on the program, that the, the charts were looking really good. And what I, what I like to see now is some of these front months start to make the move higher while the deferreds just kind of cool off a little bit. I'd like to see the front end do the heavy lifting. The, the back end's done the heavy lifting so far, but we've got to see the front end start to come through. And, you know, some of the other factors are going to play into that. We've got to keep the box beef and the demand for the box beef coming. Uh, you know, we've, we've got to keep that coming through here and, uh, you know, things like that. When, But the thing that I'm starting to hear from the consumer is the price of beef at the retail counter is starting to get kind of high. I talked to uh, talked to a family member that did some shopping uh, over the weekend. They said T-bones at their local, uh, you know, meet at the local beef counter nine ninety nine a pound, and those are some of the cheapest around. And yeah, that that may sound cheap to us that go to our freezer and get it, but to the consumer, that might start to add up, especially you know with the state of the economy the way it is. We're not quite sure, you know if there's going to be a stimulus package or what coming on here. So the demand factor still remains a big question in, in some of these markets. I want to rewind a little bit to look at uh, what we've seen in, in the deliveries. Because earlier this week, on Monday, Tuesday maybe, there was only a total of six mm-hmm. deliveries. And it there wasn't a lot of movement going on. Why suddenly did we see such an uptick in the number of cattle coming? Well, there's a number of factors that play into the delivery process. And some of these cattle um, that may have been an outlet used to get rid of cattle that were unfit, uh, maybe they couldn't get a bid on them, maybe it was the fitness of the cattle, maybe they couldn't get a bid on them, or maybe they were, uh, you know, trying to play some games here with the futures, which, you know, it, it can never rule something out like that with the, with the delivery process sometimes. But our basis is so out of line, and what scares me a little bit right now is if these feb cattle if all these feb cattle can get is 117 117 and a quarter in april sitting at 125 then that scares me a little bit if if february sits here and goes off here then that tells me that april's overvalued so what do we do from a from a cattle perspective as you look at that information is it overvalued at this point well that's a that's a good question i mean we've got some factors coming in here i know we we uh we talked about weights here uh earlier in the day clay and i did um but when you look at it, heifer weights made a new record weight or new record high this uh, this week here. Steer weights are coming down a little bit, and I think weights are going to come down. You know, with this cold weather coming through here, you know, President's Day can sometimes uh, be equated to 
in the in the cattle complex can be kind of equated like the fourth of july in the corn market you know we can kind of see what the forecast is for the next 90 days and how that's going to kind of shape up and and what we can kind of expect there so you know right now we've got our we've got a cold arctic blast here and i think it's going to take some weight off these cattle here i mean we've we can afford to, you know, lose a few pounds here, but we do still need to keep the demand up uh, on these cattle. But longer term, we could see, you know, these cattle, once once we get through this, these cattle have been stressed and they come back, they could put the weight back on in a short amount of time. You know, it seems like once we see some cattle stressed or, or hog stressed at times, they do come back and they do really pile the weight back on. So we do need to keep an eye out for that. We could see some weight drop short term, but longer term it could come back. And with our placement numbers being what they have been, you know, we should see lower numbers coming coming at us here, you know, these summer months as as has been forecasted. Well, you know, we've got a three-day weekend. Of course, markets are closed on Monday for President's Day. Does that just build up some momentum and concerns as to what this weekend weather with this Arctic blast that they're talking about in such a wide area of cattle country, does that just add to it all? Uh, somewhat, but most of your headline trade was today, I'm going to say, because you've got most of your big sales down south, like Oklahoma City and Joplin that run the feeder cattle, the, the big numbers of feeder cattle, they're all closed next week, and I think a lot of people know that, but, you know, maybe that was traded into today. I mean, the feeder cattle futures, they had some nice bounce to it, but it really didn't reflect it, you know, as far as movement of numbers didn't really re- reflect it. I mean, your March has stayed pretty well range-bound here, and I think it March will tend to stay range-bound here with, uh, you know, the price of corn and things like that, and something else that's bothering me just a little bit or, or that I'm talking to more guys that, that has got me more concerned is the fact that um, down in wheat country on the wheat pastures, you know, if this wheat market stays up here six and a quarter to six and a half a new crop wheat, which is possible, um, we might see some of these cattle come off grass early down there off those wheat pastures. What are their weights going to be and how's that going to affect placement in the yards? Is it going to hit early? You know, what, what what's, what's going to happen? Because some of those guys down there are talking about that run cattle contract on the wheat pasture they're talking about taking those cattle off early and maybe trying to harvest a wheat crop off of it so you know looking at it are lighter calves going to be cheaper than heavier calves because you know if you're sitting in a sale barn or trying to buy calves and somebody else has put the weight on them then it might be worth a little bit more to you because you don't have that much high price feed to pump through them lots to think about especially when you factor in what's going on in this wheat market and and something we don't want to talk about is that i mean the difference of this wheat trade and the effect on the livestock market. So an interesting point to really think about going into the next couple of weeks and months. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, you know, if you if you get the winter kill, you know, early, is, is that going to affect us too, which, which is possible? Stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue this conversation about what's been going on in this livestock market, Kyle Bumstead joins us again. He is with Allendale. So how current is the north versus the south right now in cattle? It's a good question, Susan, and I hear that in different areas. I, I think that uh, we're trying to get current here in central Nebraska. I think we are we are you know, working at it very well. I know some, some areas in Northwest Iowa that are typically backed up with big cattle. They're starting to get current. Um, Southeast South Dakota, they're starting to get a little bit more current too. So it's, it's taken some time here, but I think we're, we're getting work through it. Now, some things that we have to, um, you know, look forward to, or I don't know as we're looking forward to it, but, um, some things coming up on the horizon. We're going to have some, some big plants 
shut down here for a week at a time here coming up here, uh, I believe late this month. And then, uh, there's one next month getting shut down too. both the same processor, but just different locations. So how do we deal with that? I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be some added, uh, you know, added Saturdays and things like that coming through here. But I do think we are, we are working through it. We are getting through it. It's just taking a matter of time. It's just taking time to get through it. So we do need to keep this demand up here, um, in order to keep, keep the interest out here on the live cattle side of things. Now that shutdown, is it mostly just maintenance type of stuff that happens this time of year? I believe so, but then you always hear the stories of, you know, you, you hear the stories from truckers. Well, I've never heard that or seen that before, and we've never done this before. They've never been shut down for a whole week at a time. So I, I don't know. It, it's possible, and, you know, be it as it may, maybe some of this is still stemming from when that plant fire happened down there in Kansas. You know, some of these other plants had to pick up and, and go to work and, and pick up the slack. But then they say, well, they should have gotten it maintenance when they were shut down with COVID. So I, you know, it, it's tough to say, but I do think that this, you know, probably is normal routine maintenance. And rightfully so, if they want to keep clipping through the cattle, if we want, if we need them, you know, as, as uh, feed yards, we need them to keep processing cattle. They're going to have to do maintenance on their facilities as well. Otherwise, we could have bigger problems down the road. Very much so. So as you look at this market as a whole and we, and we continue into almost the, the third quarter, or excuse me, third quarter, the second quarter of the year, what are some things cattle guys need to keep in mind before they pull those cows off of stocks as they're calving, as they're looking to market their cattle into the rest of the springtime? Uh, as far as feeders or, or, yeah, or let's fats start, or what? Let's, what start you, with what feed, let's start with feeders yeah, well, first. Well, you know, the the, feed, the feeder cattle contract um, has gone up and made some pretty good highs here in recent history. I think about a month ago we've uh, we made a we made our highs out here. Uh, let me take a look here. These October uh, October feeder cattle. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they made a decent high up here of 156.30. And you know the old adage, the old guys would, would always say, well, you know, if you sell them the 160s and you buy them in the 130s, it seems to work out pretty well. And we're getting up into some areas that are somewhat attractive for some guys to start getting some risk, you know, taken off the table here in some of these feeder contracts, especially if this corn market were to, you know, say, say put a six in front of it, which is completely possible. Um, I'm not going to rule that out with the way those spreads look in the corn market, that corn could see a six in front of it. So, you know, what's, what's a feeder going to be worth this fall? You know, is the light feeder going to be worth more? Is the heavy feeder going to be worth more? Is, or, or how is, how is the feeder market going to be skewed with the size of the feeder animals coming through and, and going into that index? So that's definitely something to take into consideration. I mean, we can be bullish all we want, but if there comes a time to manage risk, it better be, you better take a look at it. I mean, as far as these deferred feeder cattle months, you're in the upper third of your uh, price distribution for the life of these contracts. So that, and this typically is the upper third area for, you know, or has been the upper third area in this mid 150s to low 160s area for the last. Well, and the, and the way this, this grain market has gone this week, as we talked about at the very beginning of this segment, it has made for a definite wild ride for the livestock. Yes, yes, it has. I mean, you you had the USDA report, and, and the USDA report is basically just old data and old projections and what they think. And when you look at the projections, uh, the USDA actually has some projections in the cattle complex as far as the beef, the beef sector of things. They're actually projecting higher or, or more tonnage the first half of the year here. So that's something we need to keep in mind too, due to, you know, higher weights and, and the slaughter pace and things like that. So there's some projections and things like that. The, the USDA is using And I'm, I'm going to say that is they use projections. That's not what the market's telling us. The market's telling us right now that it's still somewhat bearish up front when you've got, you know, Feb still under the April and, and the April versus June, you've, you've got, you've got the spread this tight here. This is still not really bullish. It's, 
it's not bullish. It's just less bearish than it was with the way these spreads have moved this week as far as the live cattle. It's it's just less bearish. It's it's not necessarily bullish. It's just less bearish is what it is right now, just looking at the commercial spreads in the cattle complex. Real quick as we wrap up, what's the one key thing we need to look for come Tuesday? I think one key thing we need to look for come Tuesday is going to be the deliveries in live cattle. It's also going to be how this feeder market reacts to some of these sales we're not having earlier this week. It's also a three-day weekend, so markets can change. They they have proven, markets have been proven to change, or over time they have proved themselves that they can change over three-day weekends. Momentum can change, you know, indicators can change, things like that. We also need to be looking at the commitments of traders, seeing where they're at as far as this livestock complex. Did they add this week? Did they take off? Where are they sitting at? Because uh, last Friday when we went home, the funds were over 50 or about 50% record long. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Kyle? You can call me here at the office at 308-708-7340. All right. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss. are not suitable to all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.